Welcome everyone to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com. Because you won't find us on Google or Facebook, we respect your privacy and will continue to fight the Silicon Valley censorship. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by Charlie Brown from the Consumer for Dental Choice, uh, which is a advocacy group for removing mercury, toxic mercury fillings from the dental uh, profession. So he's made great progress there and he's going to give us an update. So welcome and thank you for joining us today, Charlie. So, thank you, Dr. McCall. It's great to be back talking to you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. So we've been working together for, well, not quite 10 years, but coming close. And oh, we, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember that, that uh, restaurant. I remember where, even where everyone was sitting when we met at a restaurant in outside of the Chicago really? Northwest suburbs. Yes. Uh, and we, we conspired to put this group together, the, the uh, health freedom group. So you were one of the original members. So, and we've you've made great progress, but made perhaps more progress than most of the, the other members. Uh, and I'm not sure why that is, but it, the facts remain, it is. And, uh, so people who supported you throughout the years can be very satisfied and delighted that they know they're their donations went to really good use and actually can be proud of the fact that they prevented and damage from so many to so many people because the um, legislations that you've been able to facilitate have uh, or will be very shortly be implemented and this toxic poison will not be put into people. So why don't you, that's a brief summary. So why don't you give us the details because they are, uh, quite profound, and I think will give everyone uh, satisfaction to know that they've supported a good cause. Uh, we feel they have. And uh, the theme of uh, Mercury Free Mercury Awareness Week is Mercury Free Dentistry from Dream to Reality. That is what has happened in this decade since you joined us and really. Uh, changed the paradigm by joining us. As you pointed out at this dinner in Chicago in 2011, you uh, announced that while you'd supported many causes over the years, you were now going to have specific focus on four of them to make sure working with the nonprofit group who leads that particular issue and really try to have impact, sustaining impact. And you've done that. And uh, for the donors, this is the week, uh, the week of August 23rd to 29, 2020 if you're watching this originally, is the week that Dr. Mercola doubles all funds. Uh, we really appreciate that. You've done this for the 10th straight year. You, Dr. Mercola, are the reason we were able to create the World Alliance for Mercury-Free Dentistry. We were able to go nationally to international. We were able to shift from dream to reality. And the international successes have come one after another. Those that read our stuff have seen that. Eight countries just in the past year have either ended amalgam totally or have announced a specific phase out date. The, the pushback on the United States is huge. It's huge. 
they know they're behind. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, knows it's way behind, and that's why under our basically unrelenting pressure, they reopened the FDA rule. We can talk about that today, but we certainly see a different approach from FDA than we did the silence, which has been deafening for so many years. Yeah, so why don't you give us an update on the status of the FDA and their response to this pressure? Yes, and once we had these international successes, the Minamata Convention on Mercury, once we saw the European Union ending all amalgam, 27 countries for children, pregnant women, breastfeeding women, countries all over the world doing the same, and then the momentum to just go all the way, like the Philippines has gone all the way till the end. So has Finland, Ireland, a number of New Caledonia, Nepal. Um, once the, we had this uh, successes, we created in the US the Chicago Declaration for to end mercury use in the dental industry. 50 organizations, some biggies like the Sierra Club, like uh, Clean Water Action, Green, uh, Greenpeace, uh, Learning Disabilities Association of America signed on to end amalgam and all at once the US Food and Drug Administration saw us in a different light. We were able to meet with the top of the agency with the director for the Center for Devices. They agreed to reopen the rule. They had hearings in November of 2019, full hearings. We brought a team of 16, 16 experts, city and county commissioners, uh, professors, a former dean of a dental school, uh, the National Medical Association representative, uh, the, the, the Children's Environmental Health Foundation, Connecticut Coalition for Environmental Justice, four different lawyers, each with a different uh, legal angle on this and so on. And they listened. In fact, the experts at the end of that hearing recommended that the FDA break its silence and get the word out that this material is mercury and it has some serious health effects. More so, they said you've got to get, you FDA need to get much more specific for the vulnerable, which and they, they defined as including children as they should have. And here is FDA's chance to catch up. Um, those who listen probably say, well, we've been down this road before. FDA is starting and stopping. That's true. Um, this time, we were much more ready. We had our cameraman there. We videoed every minute of it. So they couldn't say this happened when it was really something else. We followed up specifically uh, all the way to the top of the agency again, to the, to the uh, top of the center, excuse me, Center for Devices. We are interacting with the team. FDA has now created a team to look at this issue. Uh, our, the Chicago Declaration continued to weigh in, as did a, uh, a very uh, uh, expert in environmental justice issues, pointing out the real disparate use of amalgam in children, low-income children, children of color and other low-income children, uh, Indian reservations, Medicaid, and, and as well as uh, lower-income adults, those in prisons, those who are soldiers and sailors, uh, those who are basically you know, we're leaving behind and we have no excuse. We have no excuse for treating our soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines this way. So we think FDA this time is about to turn over a new leaf. Uh, if they don't though, we've got a, a multitude of strategies going on in the States and we've already turned up the heat there. Great. When are you expecting some type of a, a response from the FDA? I think in 2020, we will see it in 2020. But if not, yes, right. Yes, sir. Um, but if not, um, the, the, the action in the states has redoubled. In the state of Maine, we got 
during the pandemic, by the way, we, we didn't, we could work at our desks, unlike, you know, health professionals, so many people and so many people are so tragically lost their jobs and lost their businesses. It's just so horrible. We've been able, however, just to work from our desks all around the world and all around the country. Um, and therefore, we first uh, solidified the victory in Maine. The rule became official. Any pro-mercury dentist, that's what I call the ones still using amalgam, they are pro-mercury. The pro-mercury dentists have to give a written disclosure to every patient or parent or guardian, then get their signature after this disclosure that they agree to have mercury in their mouths. That will cut back usage substantially. That's now the law in Maine. So we've now headed into Wisconsin. We've headed into Connecticut. We are heading other places to be on the offensive and get disclosures, or in the case of Wisconsin and Connecticut, more than disclosures. So Kinetic, it, go ahead, Dr. McCullough. It's nice to have the law, but what are the enforcement provisions? Because you know, if the law is meaningless, if there's not going to be some type of regular scanning to see if, if the clinicians are abiding by it, and then penalties if they're not. Absolutely. You're, you're right. And you've written about that and how important that is to get our message, get, get not the message across, but get enforcement. First of all, we need, we want, and we do empower consumers. Part of this is the consumers demanding mercury-free dentistry. Part of it is the dentists educating. It's a full court press. It isn't just something we can do from our office in Washington, D.C. The dentists are, when we opened that up from years back, when dentists were cowered, when they were attacked, when they were told you can't talk about amalgam. Well, now dentists can advertise, advocate, um, advise mercury-free dentistry, and boy, they do. They do. And so we have the consumer awareness, consumer empowerment that you are so good at. You're the best in the world at that, Dr. McCall, empowering consumers as you do all this week on our issue and as you do on issues all across the board, all around the calendar year. Um, so we, we think consumers are empowered. Now the agencies themselves, get to them. The state of Maine was not enforcing the fact sheet law. That's how we were able to take them on. We had a legal hook and we said, you're not enforcing this law, you're gonna have to do more. You're going to have to require a written disclosure where every dentist has to have a record in his or her office. So they can't say they did something without producing the record. Connecticut likewise has a fact sheet and that's where we're going there. Starting with that, Connecticut actually requires, mandates mercury fillings on people in Medicaid. It's just morally, legally, every other way outrageous. We've got a real good partner there. We're going after them. Wisconsin is a fascinating law because Wisconsin has a law. We we had to do some research to define this. There's a law, the regulation, a law that requires that any product with elementary, elemental mercury aimed at children cannot be sold. It's banned in the state. So we're going straight into Wisconsin and saying, you can't sell amalgam to children. And that would be enforceable if the state issues a rule that the mercury amalgam can't be given to children, period, because we'll make sure it's enforced. Um, that's a battle. That's a battle coming up. Well, we filed the petition. We're all ready. We, we, we want FDA to know, and we want the pro-mercury American Dental Association to know they're going to lose. The ADA is going to lose. What about the international uh, be, uh, treaty that you were traveling all around the world for many years to get signed that the U.S., I believe, is one of the first countries to sign? And I'm wondering what's the update on that is with respect to its being implemented. 
Uh, in fact, the U.S. was the very first country to ratify the Minamata Convention on Mercury. You are correct. And here is exactly what you're talking about. Does a law mean something? The Minamata Convention was signed in January 2013. Um, <laughs> we knew we won when at the reception that night to celebrate it, the chief dentist on the other side from Geneva came over and started screaming at me. <laughs> they had to pull him away. Obviously, he knew he lost. He knew we won. But it would not have meant anything if we didn't implement. And from that minute on, leaving Geneva with the signed treaty in January 2013, our focus shifted from getting mercury amalgam into that treaty, and it's in Annex A2 if people want to look for it, to implementing around the world. And that's where we are. We've created centers to administer this campaign in each region, a European center, Asian center, Asian center for environmental health, European center for environmental medicine, African center for environmental health and the Ivory Coast, the Latin American center for environmental health in Uruguay. And they, those leaders of nonprofit groups administer our program in each region. We have an island campaign too for the small island states in the Caribbean, the Pacific, the Indian ocean. So we are nonstop implementing and I make it my point to do that by, by finding the best women, the best men we can, usually environmental group leaders, to implement the program on the ground. None of this can be done by me showing up in the country, it, if I do, and I do go to many countries, but we show up working with an excellent team on the ground of experienced people who do their job and know how, and know how to win, like we, like we know how to win. Sure. So what are they seeking to achieve with respect to the Minamata Treaty? The phase, the entire phase out of amalgam. Remember, the Minamata Convention sets a floor. They have to phase out. And in fact, the treaty last November, and, and the third conference of the parties said, you've got to redouble your efforts. You have to accelerate, accelerate the phase down of amalgam. But that's the floor. The ceiling is no more amalgam, like Moldova did. Well, amalgam's finished, like New Caledonia did, amalgam's finished, like, like the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Nepal, Philippines. Philippines says amalgam's finished in three years from right now. They passed that regulation during the pandemic, by the way, but in doing so, they ended it right now for children right now for pregnant breastfeeding women and those with immunocompromised or renal disease. We like to do the children first, they're the most vulnerable, but it's also a huge step. Once you started the practice of prohibiting it from a certain category, things just snowball. That's how Norway and Sweden did it years ago, but they had no partners joining them until we started this accelerated campaign across Europe across Africa, Latin America, Asia, the island states, and then brought it all home to America. Excellent. So uh, you, th those are great accomplishments and achievements. So Philippines right now, if you put in mercury uh, filling to a child or a pregnant woman, what, what's the penalty there? Go to jail? I'm sure they don't, but <laughs> on the other hand, uh, they should. But yeah. on the other hand, it is, it is banned, it is a rule. Most dentists do want to, most people, do want to follow a law. That's the value of a law is most people want to follow it. There are scope laws that don't. I'm sure there's dentists that don't. Mm -hmm. That's why we want to have a consumer empowerment campaign. We've been meeting with our leaders there. The group is called Ban Toxics. It's a one of the best uh, nonprofit groups in the world. And we've been discussing next year to make sure it's implemented. We don't want the government to walk away from it. We don't want them to abandon interest. And that has happened, I, I no doubt about it. Health Canada passed guidelines years ago 
against amalgam use for children. Guidelines, not laws, but they just tossed them away. They don't even teach them in dental school just by the fact that Health Canada and the Canadian Dental Association took things back over. So that's why we're here to take it back. And that's why the Health Canada guidelines are going to come back into force. Uh, and we're going to make sure that happens. But but that's that's going to be after we get FDA to move and then and then and then we then we head north to make sure it happens up there too. So it sounds like you're integrating parallel strategies, not only working at the legislative level, but also empowering consumers to be aware of their rights and the uh, the uh, protections that you've enabled through your campaigns. And by that awareness, they can uh, create sort of a, uh, a massive enforcement strategy because though these violators will be reported to the appropriate officials. Uh, yes, you're right, and uh, we do need a big stick as, as well. We, we certainly want peak consumers empowered. We've got our role. I sued FDA in 2008, and I won, and they were required to classify amalgam. FDA knows we will sue them again because we had a strategy where we knew how to win. We build coalitions with, with uh, other groups so to make sure. That's what the World Alliance for Mercury-Free Dentistry is, that, that I uh, suggested its name, founded, and they, they did elect me its president in 2010 as we began the international battle. That is a coalition of nonprofit groups from all over the world, journalists, uh, environmental leaders, engineers, lawyers, physicians, dentists. Uh, we have a chief dental officer, we have a chief medical officer who participate and help lead this this, uh, this, this program. So we've got to have uh, uh, something to back it up in addition to saying this is a good thing. And we, you know, against the ADA and they know it and against the FDA, we play hardball. Okay, great. So what other uh, items do you have on your agenda for this year, uh, for the next uh, coming 12 months? What, what do you hope to achieve? Uh, on the international level, coming up in 2021 is the fourth conference of the parties. The African region, and they've been wonderful. They are united. They want amalgam to end. They proposed at the conference of the parties three, COP three, to end amalgam. And we got a very good compromise. Didn't have the votes yet to end it. We are building to have the votes in the 2021 session that will be in, uh, in the Indonesia, November 2021. We bring a great team there, but we work through the governments who support us. The entire African uh, um, governments does, but I think they're going to have a lot of allies. The European Union campaign is in high gear. And here's where we are with the EU. And remember, the EU has 27 countries even though the UK left, and it has more people, 100 million more people than the United States, a bigger economy when you add up the 27, you know, France, Germany, Italy, Poland, et cetera, et cetera. So they are, they have already ended it for amalgam for children, pregnant women, breastfeeding women. Uh, several countries, five of the countries in the union have ended it. But now they are making the decision whether to phase it out. Uh, I was at a conference in Brussels in January of 2020, and I believe I was the only, uh, it was by invitation, I was the only non-European invited. And the indication from the European Commission is we want to phase this out. 
they are poised to make a recommendation. They're a little late because of the pandemic, but they will make a recommendation to the other three. There's a there's European Commission, European Union, European Parliament. The three have to agree. It starts with the commission. We have a real, we have a great campaign. We work with the European Environmental Bureau, the European Center for Environmental Medicine, a lot of groups. We have the nonprofit groups that we work with in Spain and Poland and Sweden and so on. And we intend to work through that, just like we did in 2016 to get the first law passed, which set up the process. We won that by going to the parliament this year under whatever the procedures are for going to parliament maybe it's all long viral virtual we will do that but uh, we intend at the European Union to win that campaign in 2020 and get a end date end day I don't, we don't know what it'll be but we want to get an end date and the indications are we've got the momentum to do that so we get the European Union and the African region that's a huge part chunk of the world to say we want to end amalgam meanwhile across Asia uh, we're seeing uh, lots of successes indonesia is it promised that in this year 2020 they will they they will end amalgam they told the convention but they have already ended it in public health now indonesia is no small country fourth biggest country in the world the country with the most muslims in the world and they are uh, first, as I say, ending it in what we'd call Medicaid, but it's much bigger there because there's a lot more poor people in a country like that. And uh, they are going to make the decision to end it, period. So we hope that'll happen. It did happen in Philippines, their neighbor. It did happen in Nepal. And in India, the biggest democracy in the world, of course, second biggest country, amalgam is ended in the largest employer in the world, the Indian Railway. It's ended in the entire military, the third largest military. Bangladesh has ended it in its military and its, and its, and its border guards. We're seeing all kinds of progress, both huge and kind of exciting in a, in, in a micro level. The entire, uh, in Cameroon, the entire uh, Baptist convention, the Cameroon Baptist convention has hospitals all over the, the country. A center one I met, I've gone to the headquarters one, met with the chief dental officer, the chief medical officer, she's a dentist. She ended amalgam in Cameroon for the entire system. <laughs> she did it 12 years ago. She didn't need us. I said, how did you think of this, Dr. Teresa? She said, I read and read and read. And I said, we're gonna stop you using it and they did so it isn't like you need a high income country to do this mm -hmm. you need willpower and the u.s fda still needs a little more willpower but we're working around them as well as right at them and uh, we're going to see this happen here too i in the next year i don't know i think they'll make a decision but how vague it'll be is again going to depend on us the ball's going to go back in our court to make sure that whatever guidelines they issue are not going to be ignored but because of the American Dental Association trying to sabotage whatever's gone on next, as they've done before. Sure. So you mentioned India, the second largest uh, country in the world, and obviously the, the most uh, populated country is China. And I'm wondering if you have any inroads to China, or are they uh, sort of out of uh, reach because of the uh, po political agenda? No, they're not out of reach at all. And we've had a national conference there in 2016. And we have allies there. Um, it is true that they have a law on nonprofit groups that basically doesn't allow us to come in and participate. 
So we just work through our allies uh, there. Uh, their, 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 the, the China recognizes nonprofit groups have a role and environmentalists have a role. They allow them, they respect them, they listen to them because China knows they've got to do things about the environment. So our partners in China are quite active. Um, China, as you know, is very much top down. So we have to convince the government in Beijing almost exclusively. India, by contrast, is a federal system like ours. So we have a state campaign as well in, the, in Odisha state. We have both a state and a federal campaign in India. We're doing the same in the largest country in Africa, Nigeria. We have both a federal campaign there and we have two state campaigns in two different regions, the Southeast and the South South. And by that, I'm, uh, I am uh, Kenya as well, by the way, we have a model county campaign. So we not only try to work at the national level, from my experience in the states, and I used to be at work in state government, um, I know that the states have huge impact, and that's why our campaign is on the offensive in the states in the U.S. as well as in Washington, D.C. Yes. So for those who don't remember or maybe never heard initially, uh, you used to be the former state's attorney general, attorney general, right? At, uh, uh, West, West Virginia, yes. West Virginia, yeah. yes. L Long time ago. <laughs> long time ago, last century, actually. Uh, yeah, that's no, where, previous century, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, you did yeah. definitely have experience. Yeah. And that's been, actually, experience has helped us in some of our efforts in other areas. So we appreciate your guidance and counsel and help in that area. Well, so, you you, uh, you started this. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. When you got us together in 2011 and said you want to work with us, you found funding and went by doubling funds for a week. And it really gets people saying, I, I, can, I can double my impact. This is the time to do it. We, we also, your Mercury Awareness Week empowers dentists. And we so encourage dentists, and many of them do it, to brag about themselves now in their communities to say, I'm mercury free. And here's why. And here's why you should do this. Because we want people only to go to mercury-free dentists. We want the ones still using mercury to starve. And pretty soon they're going to say, you know, I'm not getting patients. Maybe I ought to stop using amalgam and then they can get patients again. <laughs> yes. And that's actually, it's, it's a pretty brilliant strategy uh, because almost everyone watching this really, if they haven't already identified, they need to find a good dentist. I mean, I can't emphasize how important that is to your overall health. It's not just mercury, it's yeah. a whole wider perspective. Yes, and, yes. and typically, not necessarily consistently or regularly, but typically a mercury-free dentist will be more apt to understand biological, biological dentistry and practice, practice safer principles to help you stay healthy. So one of the benefits of supporting this campaign is that you create greater awareness in the dental community and help accelerate the, tr the transition into sort of natural dentistry as opposed to conventional dentistry. And if you're seeking to identify one of these dentists, we'll have links on this page uh, that, uh, that help you select these dentists in your local community. You don't have to fly to a different state, which is obviously a problem nowadays anyway, but uh, you, you can definitely do it and actually uh, I want to thank you personally, too. I mean, I had an unexpected dental challenge earlier, right after the shutdown happened. Like at the end of March, I just was flying back to Mexico, had this overall health assessment and identified a tooth that needed to be pulled. And, you know, I didn't, I had a good, good dentist when I was in Chicago, but I didn't have, an ident didn't have any health problems since I've been in Florida, but I had to find someone. I was willing to fly, but everything was shut down. So 
you helped me find a good dentist locally in Florida and uh, really has transformed, helped transform my health. So thank you for that. But everyone can have access to that availability. There's just, we're going to have links up there where you can just find someone close to you that's local that you don't have to travel hours and hours away. So uh, please take advantage of that. Please support this unbelievable effort. You heard Charlie describe the enormous uh, efforts has been in and successes that he's achieved over the years and continues to and the aspirations to for and specific details of what he seeks to achieve in the in the next year so the only way he can do this is through your help and support and uh, you're helping the whole community by doing this and and this is the week to do it because when you donate this week i'm going to give twice what you give specifically to help this campaign get catalyzed and off the ground because it's so important, so necessary. We need to eliminate this poison. We need to empower the dentists to really understand health, and and through that understanding, you know, give give the type of care that you need, you and your family need and deserve. Well, you're doing that, and by uh, doubling people's money, obviously they're more likely. Well, they're, we're not doubling their money. We're doubling their their donation. Doubling their donation. Yeah, excuse so me. the benefit, you know, you know, obviously. Doubling yeah. the donation. You're, 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 yeah. Whatever they're giving, you're giving the same dollar amount up to $150,000. Yeah, and yeah. This, so, this money will be used effectively. It will be used efficiently. And we have a single goal. That's one reason we have had success is we've just stayed on that solitary mission. No amalgam for anybody on this planet. That's our mission. And that's where we're headed. And just to remind people, you are a verified, valid uh, 501c3 corporation, which means that any donations to this campaign are legitimately, legally tax deductible. So, uh, you know, for many of you, that means that 40%, not only are you able to leverage your donation by my doubling the the amount, but you can get up to 40% tax deduction on your donation. So it's it's like a win-win-win for everyone, and especially... The, the 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 really the target of this campaign, which is the the, the helpless and really uh, unaware individuals who are harmed needlessly because of just the stupidity and reprehensible negligence of the of the dental community and not understanding the dangers of this poison. So we're protecting them. You're going out and protecting children, pregnant women, you know, and ultimately the entire population. But that's the initial target: is children and pregnant women. And, and, you know, these dentists that keep using it, it's no excuse anymore. They, 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 first, it's, it's a primitive pre-Civil War product mm-hmm. that harms, it removes good tooth matter. The alternatives are so much better because they're minimally invasive. They focus on the life of the tooth, not the life of the filling. Um, the dentists who use this are putting their own staffs at risk. Uh, they're just lazy. I mean, they're lazy. They've just decided it's just simple. I can make this money. And they are the polluter who's not paying. They are putting this pollution into our environment and saying, we don't want to pay for this. Let the taxpayers pay for the mercury I'm putting in the environment. Let the funeral director have to buy this equipment for before he does cremation. Let the landlord have the mercury stuff and stuck in the pipes. Let the fishermen not fish. 
Fishermen can't fish because of these irresponsible dentists. And it is irresponsible. It's unnecessary. Uh, I mean, the American Dental Association ought to be ashamed, but they're they're protecting their patents. They're a patent holder on yeah. mercury fillings. And they are they are uh, they, they, they they started this way and they have to decide if they are gonna fall on their swords because if they don't change, somebody else is gonna come along and be a much, much better trade association than they've ever thought of being. Yeah, and, and it actually hurts the dentist too. I had an old girlfriend, Dr. Pearsall, and uh, her, her father was a dentist uh, and he did not believe this in any way, shape or form. And he just put in fillings and you know, uh, drilled on him his entire life. And he eventually wound up becoming demented and died of Alzheimer's. Uh, so, I mean, he, he didn't accept it. And there's a consequence. You can't, once you true, choose not to believe in reality, there's, there's a price to pay. And especially if you think with toxic poison like mercury, and unfortunately he paid the ultimate price. He sacrificed his life prematurely because of it. Uh, and many other do, dentists run the same path. And even dentists who understand this are damaged from a lifetime exposure. Like Hal Huggins, really one of the great pioneers, uh, essentially died prematurely because of complications of mercury exposure. Yes, and he was he was the pioneer. He came to me in 1996, came across the room. You heard I wanted is a lawyer in my law firm, we were digging into this issue. And he said, uh, Charlie Brown, how would you like to help a billion people? Uh, that's been on our website. As soon as after, we create a website soon after that and, and uh, help a billion people. And that was Hal's idea that this movement could help a billion people. And I keep remembering him for that. He was his legacy as the original pioneer, the one that wrote about it before anybody else wrote about it in, in the modern era. Uh, his legacy lives long after him. And Hal, we are trying to help a billion people. Yeah, I think it's, I think you've already from what you've already done, reach that number. And I'm thinking, I believe you're going to far exceed that on an order of two or three or four times as many. So that's our goal. It's the entire planet. I mean, we aren't stopping at a billion. We're sure not. Yeah. Sure not. I mean, if Facebook can do it. Why the heck can't we? <laughs> Damn it. Well, you've transcended that one. Congratulations. So yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. All right. Well, anyone got your checkbook or your MasterCard visa and and support Charlie's campaign because he really deserves it. This, I don't know of any other person who's more committed to what he does and more frugal with the, with the uh, donations. I mean, he doesn't waste a penny. I remember so many times where he'd be staying at a hotel, come to a meeting with us and he'd be walking. He would even take a, a car and walk from the hotel to the, to the meeting place just because he didn't want to waste the money. So that's the type of guy he is not that, you know, a few dollars for a car ride is a big deal, but it just is it is an example of his character and his integrity and his commitment to not wasting a penny on anything unnecessary. So just you, with that information, you know that your donations will be used very wisely. So thanks for everything you're doing, Charlie. Thank you, Dr. McCullough, for what you've done, not only for this cause, but all these, these causes that you've dug into deep and for this education during this period, particularly, People need to be strong, the right nutrition, the right mental health, the right access, the right to exercise, and you are giving them guidance every day. God bless you. All right. Well, thanks again.